It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Can the Bengals keep it going against another NFC team in the Minnesota Vikings? Let's get into it. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bengals fans and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host Jake Lisko. He's your host James Rapine. We're part of the Locked On podcast network here on Locked On Bengals available every day on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcast. Today we're going to get into a game preview of Saturday football Minnesota Vikings Cincinnati Bengals and this episode brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs who helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL terms and conditions apply. And James, we're going to get into this Minnesota Cincinnati matchup, a few superstars on both sides of the ball, or at least pro bowl plus level players and defenses that could win the day. Before we dive into that one quick programming note for people that are used to our schedule, we'll have our post game episode out after the game Saturday, and then we'll be back with you on Monday. So that post-game episode will have to get you all the way from Saturday to Monday. James, let's talk about this matchup. It seems to me that it's going to hinge on defenses, special teams, explosive plays. If you can hit one or two of them, where are you starting your analysis this week? As much love as Jake Browning has gotten and Chase Brown and Joe Mixon and this offensive line, I'm looking at Lou Anarumo. I'm looking at this Bengals defense. To me, if you give me what this defense does, I will tell you whether or not it's a winner or loss this week. This is is the type of game, and I think we saw that going into this stretch when you looked at the schedule, especially with Jake Browning. We said, all right, well, the Colts, we'll see what they, they can do against the Colts following that big win on Monday night. And obviously the offense performed well again. And I'm not saying the offense is just going to be a dud. I'm not saying that at all, but this is the type of game, much like Jacksonville, it was the offense that handled business and kind of carried you to a win. I think this is the same thing for the defense now. It's a, a complete 180 where I look at Luana Rumo. I look at Trey Hendrickson and DJ Reader and insert whatever player uh, you want to talk about on this defense from the secondary uh, to the front seven. This defense has to be really, really good. And by the way, they should be able to, to contain a Vikings offense that will have Justin Jefferson that obviously has a new starting quarterback that leaves plenty to be desired. At the same time, we've seen them more times than not this year give up those explosive plays. More times than not this year struggle to tackle. those. That, that can't be the case on Saturday. That They have to come ready to play and, and look like the defense that we saw against the Colts, which handled business uh, against an offense that I thought was playing pretty well going into that game. 
And there are like some surface level similarities between these teams, the Bengals Colts game and the Bengals Vikings game being that they're on backup quarterbacks that are turnover prone, that there are some good playmakers on the teams, but I think Minnesota skill players are better running back, notwithstanding, although Zach Moss did not have a good game for the Colts last week. And the Vikings might be without Alexander Madison, who wasn't having the best year to begin with the skill player combo of Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson and Jordan Addison is one of the better groups the Bengals have faced this year because the 49ers were injured in that game. They got to avoid Debo Samuel. The 49ers certainly would be the other group that you would point to so far, but they haven't played a receiver outside of Stefan Diggs at the caliber of Justin Jefferson this year. And Jefferson's probably better, right? He is coming off injury. He's coming off missing another game or half or most of game with, with that chest injury he's going to play. But to me, like like you said, James, you know, it can be distilled as the turnover battle potentially when you talk about what the defense did. If you talk about one of the key stats in this game, the Minnesota Vikings have the third most turnovers giveaways in the NFL this year at 24. They've got 14 fumbles lost. They've thrown 10 interceptions. The Cincinnati Bengals tied for the fewest giveaways in the NFL at 11. We've talked about this difference in a couple of games before. This year didn't necessarily play out that way, but again, you can very easily paint a picture where it comes down to a big turnover, a big kick return, hitting the go ball to Jamar Chase, hitting a post to Justin Justin Jefferson, getting one play here or there that could turn this game on its head because you're right, despite how good this offense has been lately, the Minnesota defense is a different beast talked about this a lot in the crossover they will make life very hard on jake browning and zach taylor and that doesn't mean the offense can't figure anything out and if they do that's great that's awesome that means we're going to have a lot more confidence in the offense down the stretch against some of these better defenses they'll face but it could come down instead to we can't grind out drives this week very consistently very easily we're going to need something else be that a turnover a big special teams play hitting an explosive here or there and those could be the differences in the game. Sure. I, the margin for error is is just, it's thinner right now. And you mentioned Justin Jefferson. It, to me, at least coming into this year, there was no debate who the best receiver was over the past three seasons. There wasn't. Because Tyreek Hill during that span had Patrick Mahomes, the top quarterback in the league. Jamar Chase had Joe Burrow, the second best quarterback in the league. This guy was doing it with Kirk Cousins. The third best quarterback. And, oh, wait. <laughs> that's right. That's right. The third best. And we'll see if he can do it with Nick Mullins. But, man, he's he's an animal. And and so I think that Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase both want to put on a show. We'll see if they get the opportunity to, to do that. If you're the Bengals, you want to make sure Justin Jefferson doesn't get his, isn't doing the gritty in the end zone. The other one that is, you're right, those skill guys, it's, it's interesting that you have the – the factor of Nick Mullins, who I would much rather, I don't know about you, I'd much rather face Josh Dobbs. They've seen him. I think they know him. The tape is out. He's mm-hmm. struggling a bit right now. I, I would much rather face Josh Dobbs than, than Nick Mullins. Even It's not like Mullins scares me. It's just there's more unknown, I think, uh, with him, with these weapons specifically. He's but, more able to try to push the ball, right? He's less inclined to run. He's more inclined to be a drop-back passer, which... 
is something that I would think would benefit the Bengals, but if they can protect him and he's able to sit back there and wait for Justin Jefferson to uncover, be wide open in a busted coverage, then there you go. Well, it's more likely that he's able to unlock these weapons a bit more, I think. And TJ Hawkinson is the other one where anyone who's listening that has him in fantasy is like, yeah, I stole him. Top fantasy tight end. I mean, it, he was, uh, he's been a really good option. He, it, yeah, it's either him or Laporta right now. Yeah. I mean, he's he's been balling. And Lions it's a good know value. how to draft tight ends is what I'm hearing. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, Eric Ebron aside, they, they've gotten the, the past couple correct. But it's a really good skill group. And um, I think it's still containable. I think, and, and it's funny because I think there's a lot of people that are going to look at this and say, they won 3 nothing last week. You should roll them. And I just, I don't view this game that way at all. I, I've had, I think it's going to be very close. We can get to my prediction coming up later in the show, but I think it'll be close. The vibes are good around Jamar Chase and, and T Higgins and obviously Jake Browning. And I think this is the difference. If you get elite T, then the Bengals skill players, you could argue, are still better. Just Jamar and T. You, you really could because Addison hasn't gotten there yet, mm-hmm. but we haven't seen T there. We've gotten a, a couple push-offs or, or what resembled a push-off last week where it looks like he's trying to box out in basketball and he's used to that feeling where the guy is and then the, the official calls it. You want to make sure that that isn't called. And then you also, you mentioned the explosives. Jake Browning might not get as many opportunities, but he has to hit on the ones that you get a chance to hit. He missed that 75-yard touchdown to T. Higgins last week. And Higgins adjusted and made it a 46-yard catch you need that to be a touchdown this week. That could be the difference between winning and losing in a game that you really, really need to get if you want to keep these playoff chances alive. We'll continue talking about this game. Some other keys for the Cincinnati Bengals victory. Like you said, James, a positive health update. And we'll continue the analysis and preview of this Bengals-Vikings game coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and the best part for free. That's right. For free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. They have a vast network of more than a billion. That's a billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. And hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats in you might not have the time or resources well, uh, to, to find the right hire. Well, LinkedIn can do that for you, make it easier, make it quicker, and find the candidates with the right experience for you. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line, or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, 
alternate routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. James, let's keep talking about this game as we will until the conclusion of this show because this is a game preview show and that's what we do. Some of the key matchups in this game to me yeah. are they're, they're always some of the trenches that are really fun. Daniil Hunter for Minnesota, you're circling. The Trey Hendrickson uh, matchup in this game is a classic strength on strength with Christian Derrissaw, who's one of the best tackles in the league for the Vikings, a left tackle. They do have some injuries they're dealing with. The interior def- uh, offensive line for the Vikings appears to be intact, but BJ Hill and DJ Reader have both been playing really well of late. They're getting a little bit better play from those interior guys last week. And Brian O'Neill didn't practice for a couple straight days. And I would say as of the time of recording this on Thursday afternoon, I- I'm not so sure that Brian O'Neill will play, which leads to David Questenberry, as we talked about with Luke yesterday on the crossover, stepping in at right tackle. Not Hakeem Adenergy, but that in addition to the receiver matchups, in addition to how the Bengals deal with with Hawkinson, some very interesting matchups in this one that the Bengals will want to prioritize. Yeah, there there are. I think the Hawkinson one is the one that I'm wondering about the most. How do they combat that, make sure that he's neutralized and isn't just going off? You know, Justin Jefferson is going to get the attention and he'll get his. At the same time, DJ Turner the seconds played really well this year. And I, I think you're going to to double him and bracket him and do whatever you can to take him away. But Chidobe Awuzie, it's an interesting test for him this week because he I think he's coming off his best game of the season against the Colts in coverage at least. Can you continue that? Can you build off of that and be that guy? This is a perfect game for him to show. All right, if I'm facing and, and Addison will be in the slot plenty and and so will Jeff, Jefferson at times, I'm sure. But if you're facing a guy like Justin Jefferson, here's how I stack up against him now that I'm back to my normal self. Here's how I can move with a young rookie in Addison that has certainly flashed this season. And so I, I think that's a big, big test for this secondary, how they how they play, how they cover. And Cheeto's got a lot of money on the line. There's no doubt. These, these next four games are huge for him and, and what he could get in March when free agency hits. Obviously, it's just as meaningful for this franchise. And so that's the other element to this that I think is interesting. There's a lot of guys in this Bengals locker room that have a lot to play for, for themselves, as well as uh, certainly for this team. And and Jake Browning leads that. He mentioned that earlier this week. But these veterans that are are looking to get paid at least one more time with a big contract like Cheeto, they got to play well. And and I think if he does play well down the stretch starting on Saturday, it's going to get paid because it's hard to find corners like him. And he started stacking some games that have looked pretty good in recent weeks against Jacksonville and against Indy. Uh, The Bengals against a similar skill composition team in terms of wide receiver tight end earlier this year. Stephon Diggs, Dalton Kincaid combined for 16 catches, 167 yards, and a touchdown between the two of them on 18 targets. So, you know, they, they got theirs to a degree, but were somewhat contained. I think Kincaid also 
from what I recall, had some drops, or at least a drop in that game that could have left some yards on the field there. So in the past, we've seen this Bengals team have good plans for number one receivers. They frustrated Stephon Diggs into tantrums on the sideline last year in the playoffs. They have had games where they've contained Tyreek Hill in the past with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback and really contained that Patrick Mahomes offense overall. A bit of a difference when it's Nick Mullins at quarterback, and he has plenty of tape, but it's pretty old as far as what they will like to probably do with him, but it should be a similar offense with modernizations to what Mullins did the last time they saw him. So that being said, the Bengals have struggled with some of the better tight ends they've seen this year. They'll need to have a better game against TJ Hawkinson, and I understand why why you're highlighting that matchup. But Justin Jefferson is still the, the scariest player on the well, sure. Vikings. And, and so you have to have a good plan there. He will have to take your resources and attention, which might mean somebody has to do a better job individually on Hawkinson, whether that's Hill, whether that's Wilson, whether that's Pratt, whoever it is that draws that assignment. You might have more one-on-ones because you have Justin Jefferson outside and Jordan Addison, who's shown himself to be capable of inconsistent, perhaps, on the other side for this team. And I, the last time these teams played, didn't KJ Osborne go off? Or am I thinking of like he's not a bad third receiver? He no. hasn't had a great year, but he's still a capable third receiver at least. He is no, he's capable. There's there's no doubt. I don't know if he went off. I can't recall in twenty twenty one. That was a weird that was a weird game. And in this one, it's it's between two teams, obviously backup quarterbacks. You highlighted that yesterday during the crossover. But huge firepower on the outside. And odds are, as much as I've thought about the defense this week and, and led the show with the defense, you can only contain Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. You can only contain these guys for so long. I'm sure there's going to be big plays. And the key is, can you limit them as, as much as possible? Justin Jefferson is scary. I, I'm surprised after going to the hospital and i know it was for um precaution more than anything but after going to the hospital for that chest injury obviously took a huge hit i'm surprised that it was that cut and dry that he was able to play this week so he's a tough dude and uh, i i think that that's it's going to be fun to watch because i i agree with jamar chase i do think they're one and two in the league and it's really pick your poison do you want the smooth explosive route runner that's super quick or do you want a guy in Jamar Chase that is great after the catch? Obviously, he's a deep threat. Pick your poison to a certain extent, but uh, both guys are electric. It's crazy to think that they were on the same team together, Jake. It, yeah. It's just insane. Because going back to the draft, and I mentioned this to Jamar, and Burrow said the same thing. They both thought Justin would be great in the league, and it's easier to say that now. But that was not the case going into that draft. And no one thought he would be this. Otherwise, he would have gotten taken much earlier. Yeah, not quite this. Certainly, plenty of people thought he'd be good. Good. I was one of the people who was skeptical of his ability to play outside, which shame on me. Uh, I did go check KJ Osborne the last time these teams played had seven catches for seventy six yards, which is a pretty good game. Yeah. Uh, maybe going off was was overstating it a little bit. That was the Adam Thielen game, where he had nine catches for ninety two and two touchdowns on nine targets. The targets distributed in that game: ten for Thielen, nine for Osborne, nine for Jefferson. In case anyone. I uh, was, was curious about revisiting that. I, I do think that 
the Bengals secondary will need to continue to play better down the stretch here. This game, certainly no exception to that rule. Minnesota has some really good safeties. They're going to make things really hard on Jake Browning. Similarly, the Bengals should make things really hard on, on another backup quarterback. And, and the quarterback should not have an easy job in this game. Last week, it was not easy for for Gardner Minshew. He did not have a very good game. Nick Mullins need to make life similarly hard on him. The difference is, is that Minnesota this year has been able to pass block quite well. And, the, and another difference is I think this Minnesota secondary, while it's not world-beating by any means, is better at, at all positions than, than Indy's secondary including Harrison Smith and Cameron Bynum, who've been really good at safety this year. And and the the corners aren't necessarily great, but I think they're better than what the Colts threw at you. So it will be harder this week, I think, with exotic blitzes, with Ivan Pace Jr. trying to come in on blitzes and all these things that that Brian Flores is going to present that we talked about yesterday. And they'll have to find the right time to call those screens because you're going to get tons of different looks, tons of different coverages, tons of different blitzes. You're going to have to diagnose it pre-snap, get to the right read post-snap after you confirm what the Vikings are doing and play clean, on-time, turnover-free football. And Jake Brown is going to have to continue to play at the level he has the last couple of weeks when, by the way, the Bengals have had outstanding results on passes behind the line of scrimmage, notably those screens. And if they can achieve some semblance of that success again, that obviously is is a huge, huge feather in their cap going against a defense that wants to confuse you. Coming up next, James, you've got a prediction for you for the people. We'll make sure we get to that and other closing thoughts on this game to finish up the show. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. The holidays can be a tough time of year because there's so much going on. And this holiday season, whether or not your family gives gifts during the holidays, you get to define how you give to yourself. And the holidays are a great time to do just that. So whether it's by starting therapy or going easier on yourself during the tough moments, maybe treating yourself to a day of complete rest, remember to give yourself some love this holiday season. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash on. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. James, let's talk about how you think this game's going to go. We we know that we've got a very low point projection by the odds makers in Las Vegas, which, by the way, is like the eighth lowest over under this week, which is a little bit surprising to me. I thought 40 was relatively low for the NFL, but not expected to see a lot of points in this game. We've talked about the turnover battle. We've talked about explosive plays. We talked a little bit about special teams where, and I'm not going to 
spend too much time on this or dwell on it, but Brad Robbins probably needs to be better this week. How do you see this game going? Man, I, I think it. I, I really keep coming back to the defense and the more conversation we've had about this Vikings offense and Nick Mullins, a drop back passer, disrupt him, make him uncomfortable. Don't let him get into a rhythm early. You don't want him to be feeling himself like Mike White. You want him to, you want to force him to try to push the ball down the field when he does, uh, when he does hit on explosive plays. You don't want to give him those easy, quick hitters that go for first downs. And I, I think that that's, that's key early. And then if you can disrupt him, then this offense led by Jake Browning, I think he'll respond the right way. Even if they start slow or have a turnover, I think we've seen that in each of the past two games when things could have gone against the grain where they could have blinked and it, things have could have unraveled on the road against Jacksonville or things could have not gone their way uh, against the, the Colts after halftime when they just really, it felt like gave all the momentum and did give all the momentum back to the Colts. So we know they'll respond the right way, but I just keep focusing on this defense. And the track record is there. In December, Lou Anarumo, the front seven has been there, done that, and done that again. The secondary, especially if Cheeto is even close to what we've seen from Cheeto pre-injury, and it feels like he's getting there. I think the secondary is up to the task. Jordan Battle has certainly played well over the past couple of weeks. Dax Hill, maybe this is the Dax Hill hold on to the interception game. I'm waiting for that one. I think it's coming soon, and they'll need it. And the the thing, the other aspect of this that I do come back to, it's one thing if the Bengals have to punt and they have their own Brad Robbins problems, which could be a very big factor in a game like this. But punting is one thing, and I think Jake Browning knows that. The turnovers are a complete different thing. The Bengals have been better about it. If they can take care of the ball, I think the defense will do enough and force either enough turnovers or get off the field or, or limit the big plays enough to, to put them in position to win. So I expect a close game down to the wire and uh, I'm going with the Bengals here in a, a tight one. It's going to feel, it, it's almost like Tennessee vibes when you play the Titans the past couple of years, not this year, but the past couple of years where it's uh, an ugly defensive heavy game and you want to limit the, the big plays and the offense does enough. Special teams is going to be a factor. You need Evan McPherson to be perfect on Sunday and so I have the Bengals 20 to 16. Feels like if a team scores 20 points in this game, you probably feel pretty good about their chances to win, at least right now. Could go differently. And that's what I'm really interested to see in this game, regardless of how it turns out, is how do the Bengals go about dealing with a defense that is going to likely and has a better track record of success of doing this confuse your quarterback. And present pre-snap to post-snap rotations you're not expecting to see have malleable blitzes that are going to evolve based on the amount of guys you send into routes the amount of guys you keep into protection guys dropping into windows of underneath stuff where teams are are likely to throw against those blitzes and and they're going to try to to cheat little takeaways on those plays or break on routes because they know that they're sending more guys and you can block. And Jake Browning is going to have to deal with that. The coaching staff is going to have to find the right time to push the boot button, the right time to push the screen button. And those have been things that the Bengals have used to great success the last couple of weeks. They're going to have to find 
the right way to attack a Flores defense that is very experienced with how to take away a Sean McVay style running game and find ways to get to some of their plays that have been very successful in recent weeks that the Vikings from a surface perspective, from a defensive front perspective might make more challenging than the teams they've played the last couple of weeks. So this is where matchup specific game planning gets very interesting in this game is can they hit those those trap plays the wham plays the the wind back plays the bend plays in the run game that have sent chase brown into the open field where he can use his athleticism or will it have to be more of a joe mixon game will they be able to run the ball at all because when they have been able to run the ball efficiently the last two weeks that's obviously been huge for not only the confidence of the offense uh, of the offensive line but also the overall rhythm and flow of the offense and if they can find that rhythm against a Flores defense like I said I'll feel I'll be feeling much more confident in their ability to find the right answers the right buttons to push as the last four defenses they face this year are much tougher if you get that combined with a defense that can be opportunistic against a, a, a the fourth quarterback the Vikings have started this year a guy who hasn't started in this league for a very long time who was turnover prone the last time he played on a turnover prone offense then you can start to feel like, okay, maybe this defense can do it again against another bad offense in the Steelers, against another offense that has struggled with backup quarterbacks this year, now playing Joe Flacco in the Cleveland Browns. And heck, maybe even the Chiefs, who I know have Patrick Mahomes, but are not themselves, at least in recent years, themselves on offense this year. More of a, a balanced, defense-driven football team, even with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey on that team. So big litmus test uh implications in this game for me and if they can pass those tests with flying colors you feel a lot better about them down the stretch and what looks like a pretty tough schedule that a lot of the advanced analytics james think is a very tough path to the playoffs and they got to get this game it's one of the three at least that we think they need and we'll see if they can get it done because after this they go on a two-game road trip and things get tougher no doubt it's of the four it is the most winnable as of right now, with what we know of the teams. Now, things could change for the Chiefs or Browns or, heck, even the Steelers next week. You don't know. But in this moment, I think it's it's the most winnable. I agree with you. This this offense, just show signs of it. I'm not expecting 34 points. Get the 20 and find ways to do it. I, I do think that, that it'll be interesting to see if they can get Chase Brown, give him that runway like they did against Jacksonville or, or certainly in the passing game. An explosive or two, 15-plus yard run, 15-plus yard pass to Chase. I think that opens things up. Mixon's had a couple explosive pass uh, receptions over the past couple of games. So whether it's the screen game, whether it's deep downfield, anything in between, all eyes are on this offense. But I do think it's going to come down to the defense, and they'll do just enough to get the win. Excited to see how the litmus test plays out. We'll have you covered after the game with all the takeaways, the biggest stories, and what it looks like going forward after this Saturday football game, the first of two in a row for the Cincinnati Bengals. So until then, thanks for listening to this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.